0: Hello, and welcome to today's episode of the Not Just a Lawyer podcast. I'm Sarah Avery of Sarah Avery Legal Practice, and today it will be a short and sweet episode. I'm going to be cherry-picking a few bits and pieces from a High Court judgment given on the 14th of April 2021. That's the judgment in the matter of Namoa and the Queen. And all I'll be doing is pointing out some really interesting legal facts, legal history, and showing you how the High Court sees certain issues today, and it might be a bit of an eye-opener for you. I'm recording this podcast on the traditional lands of the Ngunnawal people, and I pay my respects to their Elders past, present and emerging. So the first interesting thing about this judgment is that it's said to be tradition that the first judgment a new judge writes for the court is... Followed up by all of the other judges simply writing, I agree with justice so-and-so. And if you read the text of this judgment online, you'll see that's happened here. So that's an interesting little factoid. But what I really want to talk about is the way that in law, people and the word person have not always meant what you and I would think it means. You might already know, in fact, you probably do, that the word person can refer to a corporation that's an entity that we have made up at law. It's not an individual. But the law also looked at the word person and people differently throughout history. And this case reaches back into the sands of time and talks about the way that that was done. Now, I can't go chapter and verse into the actual legal crux of why this decision was before the High Court and the legal issue in relation to the meaning of the word conspiracy that was raised because it is actually a bit dry. I've done a run through. I tried to make a podcast about that. I might come back to it another time, but I just don't think I can explain it in a way that's interesting for you. So instead, I deleted all my work. I've gone back to the drawing board and I just want to comment or tell you about the High Court's comments on the legal history of the word person and what it now means in Australian society. This particular case is about a defendant who was found guilty of engaging in a conspiracy to commit an offence, and the co-conspirator was her husband. And so she appealed several times and finally up to the High Court about the meaning of the word conspiracy and her chief argument was that the word conspiracy could not relate to an agreement that was only between a husband and wife because conspiracy is an old legal term that came about when the meaning of a word person was quite different. Now, You might be aware, or you might not, that the word conspiracy is now defined in the criminal code. When I say defined, what I actually mean is there's an offence set out, but to be fair to the appellant, Justice Spiegelman of the New South Wales Supreme Court has said that because there was no definition given of the word conspiracy, reliance should be had on the common law meaning. And so the appellant in this case was arguing that actually the common law definition of conspiracy is something that excludes an agreement between spouses. Now, why would she argue that, you might wonder? Well, here's where we get to the part that I mentioned in the introduction where you might not be able to believe what you're about to hear. Prepare yourself because... If you look at the catchwords for Nemoa and the Queen, those are the words that some very diligent person at the court sets out above a judgment, letting people who want to read it know what kinds of things are discussed. In the catchwords, you'll see words and phrases, doctrine of unity, person, and single legal personality of spouses, among lots of other things. I'm just going to jump out of the text of the judgment for a moment and take you back in the day. William Blackstone was an eminent legal commentator and he wrote commentaries on the laws of England in 1765. So let's not shoot the messenger. He was just explaining what the law was. So here we go. By marriage, the husband and wife are one person in law. That is, the very being or legal existence of the woman is suspended during the marriage, or at least is incorporated and consolidated into that of the husband, under whose wing, protection and cover she performs everything, and is therefore called in our law, French, a femme couvert, is said to be covert baron, or under the protection and influence of her husband, her baron or lord, and her condition during her marriage is called her couverture. Upon this principle, of a union of person in husband and wife depend almost all the legal rights, duties and disabilities that either of them acquire by the marriage. I speak not at present of the rights of property, but of such as are merely personal." For this reason, a man cannot grant anything to his wife or enter into covenant with her, for the grant would be to suppose her separate existence, and to covenant with her would be only to covenant with himself. And therefore, it is also generally true that all compacts made between husband and wife, when single, are voided by the intermarriage. Well, so that's quite interesting, But basically, let's not shoot the messenger. William Blackstone was talking about the doctrine of couverture, which is basically that men and women back in the day when they got married to each other, the wife became part of the husband. They couldn't enter into legal agreements because what that would have been would just be the husband agreeing with himself because he's the only legal person that counts. And I'm saying husband and wife because back then, same-sex marriage was not a thing. I'm expecting that while non-binary people and other gender diverse folks probably were around, they were probably hidden away. And so you won't see William Blackstone talking about anyone other than husbands and wives. So that is way back in the day. That is what the law thought about men and women. But you will be pleased to know that Justice Gleeson refers to the actual position in Australia today. And here I go with that. So under the heading, spouses are separate persons, Her Honour Justice Gleeson said, Whatever may have been the historical position, there is no longer any principle in Australian common law respecting the single legal personality of spouses. Now that's been the case for a pretty long time, but sometimes it's just nice to hear the High Court of Australia say that, you know. So in this matter, the conclusion was that Justice Gleeson interpreted the criminal code in such a way that she found that the word conspiracy in that legislation was capable of applying to an agreement between spouses. That's the takeaway. It's nothing particularly new or groundbreaking in terms of Probably what most people reading that law would expect, but it's an important decision nonetheless, and it was obviously very important to the parties in this particular matter. So, what I want you to take away from that is just that yes, laws have been very, very different in the past. The common law changes over time based on societal progression, and it's really nice sometimes to hear the High Court state the obvious because. It lets us know that the law is there to serve society and that even in something as conservative as the law, things can always get better. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Not Just a Lawyer podcast. I hope that if this unity of spouses is news to you that you are glad that it is over. I certainly am. I can't imagine living in a time when that was the case. So it's very nice, as I said, to sometimes hear the high court state the obvious. It just makes you feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Thanks again for listening.